0: hi Paul Hansen here you're listening to the 26th edition of Boston radio this is the second segment and on the line from beautiful El Paso Texas we have Mike Skasha Mike is the guitarist for one of the coolest metal bands the band ministry and underneath us we're listening to one of their songs called scarecrow this is from my favorite album the uh, psalm 69 album so um Let's listen a little bit more to this and then we'll pick up where we left off talking to Mike. By the way, check out the hypnotic quality of this ministry song. I just love the Psalm 69 album. I actually would jog with that album, you know, because <laughs> cool. it was just such cool energy. And uh,
1: yeah, it, it has a—it's a really dark record. It's—it's it's got a really main uh, yeah. tone to it. You know, here's a strange story about that record. We we went in. It was me, Al, Paul Barker, and Bill Reiflin uh, on drums, uh-huh. and I think we had Michael Balch on keyboards. And then we went and did these insane rehearsals and pre-production. And we went to Studio Royale in, in Wisconsin where huh. the Chili Peppers recorded, Skid Row, a lot of famous records. We went up there. We spent about eight months in Brutal Winter. We recorded a whole record. And then right when it was done, we all looked. At, kind of looked at each other, and we didn't like it. Really? <laughs> the record companies, they were freaking out. So we kind of like... We scrapped the whole thing and uh, started over. We spent probably about another year, I think. That's how Psalm 69 was born.
0: Wow. And it went platinum and everybody turned their heads. we did
1: the Lollapalooza tour, Uh which helped, of course. Uh, Beavis and Butthead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some of my favorite songs on that was uh, Just One Fix. Did you co-write that one?
1: There's no, I the... didn't. I, Al wrote that song. I did all the guitars. I did the, the hooks, the little... Yeah, that uh, was cool. I wrote cool. all that stuff.
0: TV 2, that one you yeah. co-wrote.
1: Yeah. And that... you know, I got a lot, of, uh, a lot of criticism over that because a lot of people didn't think I really played that. They thought we sped the tape up. <laughs> and I remember being on Headbangers Ball. Uh-huh. Ricky Rackman, he refused to believe that I've actually played it.
0: Played it that fast. Now
1: it's just like, look, dude, have you ever heard of rigor mortis? Now, that's, that's my trademark is my is my right hand.
0: Okay, I just cut in this little part from the song TV2 that Mike was talking about.
1: did the TV. I wrote Scarecrow on that record.
0: Oh, yeah. That's like the levee breaks, kind of yeah. really slowed. Paul
1: Barker had come up with that drum loop. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we were even using some John Bonham drum samples on uh-huh. that because Al somehow was at some studio in England and got a hold of some of their tapes and sampled all of Bonham's drums.
0: Mike, that reminds me. I wanted to ask you... Um, during your live shows, there's all these samples going on. Um, how do you guys trigger those?
1: Well, we never use tape live, ever. Uh-huh. Uh, everything is played. We use samplers. We have our keyboard player.
0: You uh-huh. know,
1: He would trigger all the samples himself through a keyboard. We had some amazing drummers over the years. You know, They had to be spot on.
0: Yeah. Because
1: uh, we were a very tight band. If anybody got off, you know everybody would get off.
0: Oh, yeah, and the samples obviously can't adjust if the tempo's different or something like that.
1: Our engineers and keyboard guys, man, kudos to them because it takes a long time to tune those things up right. Al's famous for changing arrangements around. Uh. So we we would spend a lot of pre-production time, you know, getting that stuff right.
0: Hey, Mike, let's talk about gear a little bit. Okay. You're a Les Paul guy.
1: I love Les Pauls. Al hates them. I love them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, and you were playing Les Paul back in the era when everybody switched to you know the Eddie Van Halen style.
1: Yeah, I was with Ibanez for about eight years. Uh ah. I had some really nice custom-made Ibanez guitars that Chris Kelly and Mike Lippy over at Ibanez did for me. Mm-hmm. But I would use those live, but in the studio, I was always using Gibson guitars. Mm-hmm. I love Gibson guitars. I think they're the best. I love SGS, Les Pauls, V's, Explorers. I learned on an Explorer. I was an Explorer guy for many, many years. Huh. But about the last probably 15 years, it's been Les Pauls.
0: So amp wise, are you a Marshall guy? Oh, I heard you. You play Buddha amps now.
1: I love Buddha amps, man. Oh my god! You know, when I got off the uh, the Rio Grande Blood tour, I went to work for Gibson for like four years. To oh. learn all about guitar making and tones and woods and stuff like that, and that's how I got into amps as well because I went to work for Buddha uh, oh. for almost a year because Would... I just wanted to to learn how to create tones and what created my tones.
0: So, Mike, over the years, have you had any favorite pedals?
1: Uh, Boss pedals. Uh huh. In fact, when the Roland GPA came out.
0: Oh, the multi-effects. I
1: think I was the first one of the first guys to get it. And I used that thing on every recording I did up until like 10 years ago. I turned Al onto those things he went out and bought like 10 of
0: them. Yeah, for folks who don't know, the GP8 was the predecessor to the Boss GT series which, you know, the GP8 had 8 different multi-effects in it um, and was a rack mount. Now the GT series are floor units.
1: We still have them.
0: Would you plug those directly into the console? Or would you plug it into an amp and then mic it?
1: A- We'd plug them into an amp. It would work great. Of course, you know, times change and mm-hmm. move on to other stuff. I, nowadays, I use stomp boxes. I use the Boss Delays, EQs, Chorus, flanger, mm-hmm. and then I use a Buda Wah pedal.
0: Just curious, which delay pedal do you use? I
1: think it's a 7. Yeah. dd 7 I love it. Right now, I, I use two of those—a flanger and a tuner—and my wah, and that's it in my board right now. Yeah, the, pretty simple.
0: Do you set the delays—the two delays—at different? You know, one's maybe a slap, and the other's a, a longer yes, delay.
1: exactly. I have a long delay on on one, and then the other one's a slap. Uh huh. Depending. Of course, on the venue mm-hmm. and rigor mortis, I my slaps on all the time, depending on the venue, uh-huh. and then I'll put the long delay on on solos. Of course, Ministry is a whole other setup. You know, I have to have pedals for three song pretty much.
0: Let's check out another excerpt from Ministry. This song is called "Bad Blood." Mike, we were just talking about guitars, amps, and pedals. And um, are there any other Boss pieces of gear that you especially like?
1: I actually just hooked up with the E Band. E Band been a savior to me. I'm am doing a country record right now with Al.
0: Well, you're a Texas guy. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and this E Band kind of took my guitar playing into a whole new direction. This E-band has such true tones and true sounds in there, I I can't believe it. It's really helped me perfect and and practice a lot of things that I couldn't do before.
0: Do you use the built-in jam tracks, or do you ever load in... I love
1: those. Uh I love those to death, because you can go from the jazz tracks to the blues tracks. The ballads are awesome on that.
0: I created some of those tracks, the country ones and uh, the surf ones.
1: This one I was actually playing with before you called. Uh uh, The soul ballad. It's like Georgia.
0: There's like 300 different ones. I love
1: that, man. I, I will go off on that, I mean, for hours. I love the ballads on this thing. I can sit there and practice all my lead runs. I can practice all the keys, of course. It's just a great thing.
0: You know, the thing that I like about it is that there you never have to stop and rewind. or
1: right.
0: <laughs> Or even on a CD or an MP3 player, you still have to, when it gets to the end, you rewind.
1: Well, not only that, it sounds so true. Uh-huh. It sounds like you're in a studio. And I, I just did a Ritter Mortgage tour a couple months ago. And I took the thing with me. The the E-band, I think, is probably the most brilliant thing date for guitar players.
0: It's just a perfect practice station. You know, something else that that I do with that is I'll take uh, tracks that I'm working on and uh, uh, bounce to disc as a wave file and then put them on a memory stick and stick them in the E-band and then have my own tracks loop.
1: That's where I was getting ready to go because... Mm -hmm. I'm doing this country record, like I said before yeah. That it's called Buck Satan and the 666 Shooters. Wow. Uh, it's really cool, dude. It's a really interesting record. We've been working on it for about six months now, and uh, we're eight songs in, we've got six more to do. For the first time in my whole career of playing guitar and recording, and whatever, and writing, I have to actually write out my solos for this stuff.
0: Uh Uh-huh, work them out and um, plan them.
1: So this E-band actually helped me to do that. This thing is so guitar player friendly, it's ridiculous.
0: Mike, you live um, near El Paso and uh, near Al Jorgensen?
1: We live out in the desert. I'm about 15 miles from Mexico and 15 miles from New Mexico. Beautiful.
0: Oh, it's beautiful out there. it's
1: kind of secluded. So Al lives about five minutes from me and he has this giant compound with a great studio in there this 13th Planet Studios uh huh it reminds me of Sun Studios
0: Sun Studios in Memphis
1: I was very lucky to record in we work five nights a week Uh, well I work at night I work in the day uh huh the cool thing about this record is we're not signed yet we don't have any pressures
0: you're just in charge of it yourself
1: but we have a twist with it because we're all wrong we're not in the mix
0: you guys are X metal guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: Cuban guy and yeah. Italian guy pounding out these classic country riffs, you know?
0: Hey, do you have any last final advice maybe to give to a young guitar player who, you know, is trying to figure out what to do?
1: The only advice I can think of really is I love to play, and it's all about practicing to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always been into that. I love to play, and I think if you have a true passion, I think you'll be okay. You just—it's all about having patience and timing.
0: Words of wisdom. Any last words about Boss?
1: I love Roland and Boss products, dude. I've used them my whole entire career, and they are roadworthy. They stand up. They add such nice texture to your tones. I think everybody's tried to rip them off, and they still do, but you guys are always ahead of the game. Oh, thanks. And uh, I will use them forever.
0: Oh, thanks, Mike.
1: Any time.
0: I think I mentioned I'm a huge fan of ministry. This is another one of my favorite songs. This is called Just One Fix. Hey, um, thanks very much for listening to Boss Tone Radio. And thanks to Mike Scotia for coming on the show. Thank you for using cool boss gear. And it's Paul Hansen here saying, see you later.